What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 30 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined by my co-host, Corey Lickman. And we got a special guest today. We got my boy, Eli. Eli, man, I know you've been begging to be on here, talk some receivers. And with the Julio Jones trade, just not a better time for you to come on. So, Eli, pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here, man. And I, I've been watching this podcast for since as long as it's been out there. And I'm excited to get started. Yeah, listen, Eli, I've been a dedicated listener. Like I said, he's been begging for a chance to get on. He's, he's, he loves to talk his receivers. I told him, I was like, Eli, when you get when we get to our offseason, we're going to um, do a nice little series, which I'm now I'm kind of uh, getting a little ahead of myself here. But you'll be on for that, and that's today. But before we can get into our series, we got to talk the big news this past week, and that was the Julio Jones trade from Atlanta to the Tennessee Titans. And if you were on, if you listened to the deep ball last week, you heard it first because me and Core, we were talking about this, and we both – Pegged Tennessee as like one of the uh, top spots of core after a tough free agency uh, prediction period from me and you. I think we got to combine like what four out of 18 and two of them were absolute layups. Uh, got to feel good to kind of get this Julio Jones prediction right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely feels good. I, I don't think I got one right. I think even the layups that I thought I had somehow got blocked at the rim. But, you know, yeah, Julio Jones to the Titans. I, I definitely like it. I think it makes the Titans. I think it makes that offense a whole lot more dangerous. I mean, right now is A.J. Brown. You had another wide receiver one in Julio Jones with a top five, top three running back in the league with Derrick Henry. I think that offense becomes absolutely, I wouldn't say unstoppable, but they become, they become pretty elite. So, yeah, I think Tennessee it also makes the AFC a lot more competitive and a lot more tougher. And the Indianapolis Colts probably – Probably one of the losers in this one is they thought maybe they uh, had a solid road to take that AFC South championship, but the Titans were like not so fast. So it should be should be a good race between those two teams uh, for the AFC South. And both teams, I think, should, should definitely get into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think both of those teams are probably already in the playoff picture, but I definitely think Tennessee, maybe they're on an even playing field. Tennessee now separates themselves a little bit, but uh Back more to the trade and kind of the logistics of it before I get more in-depth with Julio and how I think he fits in Tennessee. The value, like, was it there? We were kind of mentioning that he probably wasn't going to get a first-round pick, which I thought was absurd. I mean, the guy's going to be a Hall of Fame receiver. Uh, he goes for a second and a fourth. I'll start with Eli here. Eli, what do you, what do you think about that? Julio Jones not netting a first-rounder. Do you like that? Like, how can you say the Titans lost in this trade? Well, the, the thing about Julio Jones um... – he he's been facing a lot of injuries uh, as of lately, and you know the Falcons were kind of you know pressed to trade him before he became a free agent, so uh, they they kind of had to get what take what they could get from him, and you know uh, he it might have you know made his value get lost a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that the direction maybe of Atlanta and kind of how it seems like they're rebuilding. Does hinder that. I know Julio did have a big cap hit as well this coming year. Atlanta was in a bad cap situation. So for them to get under, I don't know. I just think it's like kind of a sour note to kind of like, I'm not going to say this is going to kick off a rebuild because I think once they trade Matt Ryan, eventually, if they even do, that'll probably signal like a full rebuild from them. But I do don't, like, I don't think that this is a great like step in that direction, if you ask me. And I also don't think maybe taking Kyle Pitts now, although you're getting rid of Julio now, you're replacing him with a younger, cheaper pass catcher, like, you're not like I don't like Atlanta's roster isn't good enough, if you ask me. But that's besides the point. This should be more focused on 
what could become the best receiver in the duo, the best receiver duo in the league now with AJ Brown and Julio Jones. I guess we'll start with Corey or Core. What do you think about that? Do you think they're the top duo in the league? Honestly, I don't really think it's a question right now. I think AJ Brown, Julio Jones, I got them easily number one amongst uh, amongst wide receiver duos. And I'm, I might go a little off top, but I think what even makes this better is this guy, A.J. Brown. This guy just seems like the biggest Julio Jones fan of, of all time. <laughs> even, like, in the regular season, this guy's pulling up in a Julio Jones jersey. Like, I think that makes it even more special that, like, A.J. Brown, like, has, like, this almost seems like it was, like, an idol of his. And I think the fact that they two, them two are going to be able to play to, play together Two of probably the best like deep threats guys who can go up and get a ball in the league right now. I think, I think there's no doubt in my mind. I think right now is the the number one duo in the league. Yeah, these Eli, are you agree? Two very two very strong receivers, two very um similar receivers in their stature as well. They they could definitely be very dominant in the league going into. And one of the things that opens it up for them the most. Uh, that a lot of people don't uh, realize is is Derrick Henry being there as well. And a lot of A.J. Brown's success last year uh, had a lot to do with Derrick Henry because you watch any Tennessee Titan game, um, you you, know, you don't see linebackers uh, shoot up uh, into the toward the line of scrimmage as much um, against the Tennessee Titans because Derrick Henry's such a threat running the ball. And it really opens up the passing game a lot and a lot over the middle because it gets A.J. Brown one-on-one coverage because the linebackers are kind of leaving their zones and coming down to play the run so quickly. So now you got Julio Jones back there, too, and he should, you know, find it a lot easier to get open in Tennessee with with all these weapons around him. Yeah, listen, I'm in agreement. That's a great point there. In Atlanta, even with Calvin Ridley, I mean, he was the main guy, obviously. Defenses are shadowing him. And now you go to Tennessee. I'm not going to say that this stage AJ Brown's like their number one. I I think like Julio and like AJ Brown, honestly, are pretty even playing field. If you want to look look at it going into the year, I don't know how defenses are going to guard them. Maybe I guess put your bigger corner on Julio, but again, it's not like AJ Brown's that much smaller than Julio. Maybe like an inch shorter. But uh, yeah, I mean you're gonna they're gonna have to play seven eight in the box to stop Derrick Henry. So that you're gonna leave a lot of one on ones. AJ Brown, I know, thrived last year in play action off of that with uh, Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. So I'd love to see, like, you're going to get one-on-one with Julio and A.J. Brown. The Titans' offense definitely has potential to go crazy. Obviously, they did just lose Jonu Smith and Corey Davis. A lot of targets are open, but Julio will definitely step into some sort of role. I'm not 100% sure they're bringing back as their third receiver. I think they have, um, I want to say, maybe Tajay Sharp is still there, honestly. That might be. I know they lost Adam Humphries, too. So. Khalif Raymond's another guy, yeah, who might be thrown into the rotation there, but Look, uh, Frisker, Frisker, and I know he's a tight end, but he's another guy who's going to take a lot of uh, – probably step into that starting tight end role in Tennessee. But, um, yeah, now with this – from Julio Jones' perspective, like, he's going from a guy who's a former MVP in Matt Ryan. I know Eli was bringing this up too, so we'll start with him first here. Do you think that Ryan Tannehill we'll, – we'll go with, like, a two-part question here. One, do you think Ryan Tannehill is going to be necessarily an upgrade over Matt Ryan? And if he's not, do you think that, like – the Titans offense with how well-rounded it is and how run focused it is, like we'll be able to open up the offense enough for Julio Jones and kind of like um, outweigh the difference in quarterbacks. Yeah. So I, I came in hot with this take, you know, before, um, before we started uh, this episode and I really, I really did that because of how much I love Ryan Tannehill and how underappreciated he is in the league. 
I mean, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like people still keep this, you know, this past narrative like Ryan Tannehill on Miami, and they, they don't realize how how much he does for the Titans and how well he plays in that system. So maybe Matt Ryan might be, um, you could say, he's more talented. Um, he's he's got more of a skill set than Ryan Tannehill, but but Ryan Tannehill just makes the right moves and. With that offense, he he really has his sword with them. He he makes all the right decisions. Um, a few stats here: 33 to 7 TD interception ratio, and he's thrown for two, 238 passing yards per game, 106.5 QBR last season. And you know he another thing with Julio Jones and AJ Brown uh, AJ Brown. He really is a talented passer downfield, too, and that's another thing people don't give him credit for. He could really launch that ball downfield. So, um, yeah, I just think he's really underappreciated. And if you say Matt Ryan's better, I won't call you crazy, but I think um, they're right there, neck and neck. And since he is in a better system and a better on a better team with all these weapons, I think um, – you know, you won't be, you can't be saying Julio Jones is in a much worse position with his QB. He's definitely got a good guy throwing him still. Corey, you agreeing? You think? I know, I know, you're kind of a Tannehill guy. Corey was, Corey was uh, calling cap on this, you know, when I, when I first <laughs> said it. Nah, I mean, nah. Here's what I, I here's how I think of it. I think, like, I think a, a Tannehill to Matt Ryan, like, I would still take Matt Ryan, the guy. I know he's getting pretty old, Matt Ryan. He's about 36. But, like, he's proven more in his career. And Ryan, Matt Ryan can still sing the ball. But I, I think at this, like, you're going from Matt Ryan to Ryan Tannehill. I don't think it's really, like, that much of a jump. Like, neither one of these guys are top-tier quarterbacks. Neither are probably even, like, second tier. Like, right now, I put both these guys probably in, like, the third-tier area. So I don't really think it's that much of a difference. But I would not call it an upgrade from Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan still still got it. I, I think. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is going to have Julio and A.J. Brown to throw to. So, I think I don't expect, like, a drop-off in Julio's stats. But, like, I'm not going to call it a major – I'm not – like, obviously it's not a major upgrade. I, I don't think it's an upgrade where, like, Julio is going to see, like, a lot better, like, like passes to him and going to have, like, a lot better stats because he has Ryan Tannehill. So, like, I wouldn't call it an upgrade. I think both these guys are about third-tier third tier quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So, that's my viewpoint on it. I don't really see it as an upgrade, honestly. Yeah, just to kind of finish up on this before we get into more of our receiver draft. Um, I'm in agreement. I think these guys from a talent level are both like on a similar plateau. Obviously, Matt Ryan getting up there a little bit in age. Because look, Matt Ryan, like when he was struggling last year, it was because Julio wasn't in the lineup. Like Matt Ryan was still playing pretty well with Julio Jones. Obviously, he had a couple of rough games, I know, against the Saints this past year, too, which their defense was pretty good. It doesn't help. But um the one thing that I'm I'm looking for is kind of to see what Ryan Tannehill can do post Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith was the former offensive coordinator there. Actually, just got hired to go coach in Atlanta, and he kind of like revitalized Tannehill's career. I believe they hired they did hire within the organization, so they're probably going to run a very similar system. It obviously worked tremendously well for them. So I think hopefully Tannehill's production doesn't drop off, and like if Tannehill can produce like he did in 2020, then I think that maybe it's not a substantial upgrade from Tannehill to Ryan, but like I, like Eli was saying too, like getting into that system, I think would just be huge for him and playing opposite of AJ Brown and obviously with Derek Henry in the backfield. Overall, I don't know if Julio's numbers are going to be 
up. I don't, I don't know, like his wide receiver efficiency, I guess. Like he's going to do more, if you ask me, per touch than he would probably in Atlanta, which crazy to think of. But I think the Titans offense, and especially with how bad their defense is, their offense should be having to score a lot of points. So hopefully Julio Jones, he had a couple of real good years before he um, rides off into the sunset. But listen, Julio Jones kind of opened up, us up for this. And um, over the next couple of weeks, really until we start getting into um, probably like fantasy stuff in that, maybe like, so now this is probably going to be for like the next two months, let's say. Uh, we're going to get on here and we're going to talk about like we're going to do like these drafts almost. And they're going to be our positional drafts. And at the end, you guys can rate us too. Who you think has like the best core. We'll go by position. We're going to start. We were going to start at quarterback. But I mean, what perfect timing. We'll start at wide receiver now. Julio Jones just got traded. Eli's begging to draft some receivers. So we got eight rounds. We're This is what I told Eli and Corey. I said that it's going to be the top receivers heading into 2021. So I did not say fantasy. I didn't say who would you want on your franchise in 2021. So it's a little open to interpretation, though, too, because I didn't say, like, who's going to put up the best numbers in 2021. But if you were starting a team in 2020, I shouldn't say that. If you had a team for the 2021 season, let's say, that, that, that that's the best thing I'll give it to you. If you're playing one year, best season, who, who are you going with this season to have the best um, numbers, I guess. But listen, it's all open to interpretation. Uh, draft order was determined pre-draft. Corey's going to have the first pick. Eli's having the second pick. I have the third, and it's going to be a snake draft. So that means when I pick third, I'm also going to pick fourth. Like I said earlier, eight rounds. Core, kick it away. Uh, kick it off. Excuse me. Yeah, I think with this first pick, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't think in my eyes it's not that difficult. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers star wide receiver, Devontae Adams. The guy had 1,374 yards last year, and the guy only played. 14 games and what came to the red zone this guy was just automatic had 18 touchdowns and yeah he, he had the mvp and rogers throwing him the ball but like some of the plays this guy did out there like his hands his route running i just think the guy was was the best receiver in football last year so yeah first pick i'm gonna go Devonte adams mm-hmm. yeah um that was definitely a no-brainer right there too Corey. um yeah, he was just a TG machine last year. Um, 18 touchdowns, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it was 18. Yeah, like you said, just an amazing route runner. And the offense he's in, they really they look to target him all over the place. So, great pick right there. Um, yeah, I mean, and they, didn't, they didn't really go out in the offseason either and get like a crazy receiver. I know they took Amari Rodgers in the third round. Obviously, I think the biggest question is going to be is Aaron Rodgers at the helm yeah. this next year in Green Bay. I think that's going to overshadow a lot of the things that may potentially cut into Devontae Adams' targets. But listen, if he's not, Jordan Love's a former first-round pick. He's a first-round talent, if you ask me, too. So if he steps in, I mean, Devontae Adams, I don't see – I'm not going to say that his production is going to be the same. But, like, I don't think the drop-off would be that crazy from Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, uh, yeah, listen, I'm in agreement. I thought that was the clear cut number one going into yeah. this year, especially with uh, I don't want to give away any picks. Try, try, yeah, we'll try not to give away any picks, too. So I'm not going to, like, spoil who I probably could have been, like, the number one pick. But uh, if we did this last year, he probably would have been the number one pick. But he had a tough year last year. So uh, a lot of changes there, too. Eli, you got the second pick. You take it away. Yeah. Um, some people might be surprised by this one. But he had a hell of a year last year. And I would take Stefan Diggs as my second pick. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league, extremely explosive, and, you know, really showed that, that he could be a number one with the Bills after um, 
you know, being uh, with Adam Thielen on the Vikings a few years back. He's he's very explosive, um, a lot faster than his 40 time will tell you. And uh, even for his size, he could really go up and make some great catches and just be, you know, the number one on his team. He was one of the best receivers this year. Uh, I think led the led the league in receiving yards and um, and receptions too. Um, yeah, one of my favorites at least. And you know, many people may think that's a bit of a stretch, but I think he's going to be able to replicate that success that he had this year, next year with the Bills, especially with Josh Allen and you know all those um, weapons they have. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at like who the what the Bills gave up, and you look at that draft pick just out of context, and you're like, wow, man, they gave up Justin Jefferson, like the pick that became Justin Jefferson. They must have gotten robbed in that trade. But I mean, you talk about a win-win for both teams. Stephon Diggs gets traded to Buffalo, and Josh Allen like absolutely explodes. And I think part of that was definitely him finally getting a true number one target in Stephon Diggs. But listen, Stephon Diggs didn't come to Buffalo as this clear cut number one guy, mm-hmm. but he really developed into it. Like you said, led the league in receiving yards and receptions. Uh, I don't know if the bills, maybe obviously they were so good last year that maybe they're open to a little bit of regression this year. I personally don't think they won't be just because of how bad their run game was last year, that it's almost like it couldn't get, it can't get much worse. And like, if their run game opens up, maybe Stephon Diggs is like, maybe we'll put up 1500 receiving yards again. But again, I don't see him taking that much of a step back because a lot of things are going to open up for them. But yeah, I don't think Diggs at number two right here is that crazy of a pick. I think he's crazy talented. Obviously only a fifth round draft pick a couple years ago out of, um, out of Maryland. But, uh, I like, I like Stefan Diggs at number two. I personally don't think I would have taken him at two, Eli. But listen, I'm a happy camper because I got I got my guy at number three. But, Corey, you can, you can comment on Diggs. I know you like Diggs, too. No, nah, I definitely like Diggs. I mean, yeah, number two, I you can't even call it a stretch just because how good he was this year. I think he's a prime example of uh, betting on yourself. Goes to, goes to Buffalo, unlike a guy named Antonio Brown who had to make a big deal oh. and just didn't go to Buffalo. But Stefan Diggs goes to Buffalo. Bets on himself, has over 1,500 yards, has the most yards in the league, most uh, most catches, I think. So, yeah, I, I, I always love seeing those videos on, like, BR Gridiron of uh, Stephon Diggs and, like, his mentality. I love his mentality. He looks like a really, really hard worker. I think he's a hungry receiver. So, I think it's only up from here. Maybe he doesn't put up 1,500 y- yards, but I think he's definitely established himself as a legit, legit um, wide receiver one that defenses have to uh, – show a lot of uh, coverage too. So yeah, I think Stefan Diggs at number two, probably not the guy I'd pick, but I still, I still like to pick. Yeah. Before, before I get into my pick, I mean, I'm not going to get very off topic with this. Like, could you, like why did like Antonio Brown, like whatever happened with him, with the Raiders, obviously the situation, then with New England, even then he got suspended, then Tampa. I mean, just think about if he just would have went to Buffalo. I know it was a year early. So maybe Josh Allen doesn't break out that much, but I mean, he's got to be kicking himself that if he would have just shut his mouth and went, to Buffalo and played in Buffalo, who would, who knows? I mean, I don't like, he could have definitely stepped into this production. Maybe not to this extent, who knows? Like a little different receivers, you know what I mean? But honestly, like going, get, going into Buffalo, who would you have said was the better receiver? Antonio Brown coming off, what was that? 2008, his 2018 season or Stefan Diggs coming off his 2019 season. I think nine out of 10 people would say they'd rather have Brown off his 2018 season. But like I said, conversation for another day. I got back-to-back picks here. I'll start with my first pick first. I'll make both picks here, and then you guys can comment on them. I'm very glad to get Tyree Kill at the number three spot. I think it's a justifiable spot. Like I said, I think you could argue digs over him. But, look, I think the guy's the most explosive receiver in the league. Obviously a big-time playmaker. Last year had almost 
1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. And I think the biggest thing about Tyree Kill and why I think he's so dominant too is because you just see other teams in the league trying to find, like whenever you see this fast receiver prospect now, they're like, oh, let's try to get this next Tyree Kill. Like we saw with Ruggs last year, Waddle this year in the draft. Teams are trying to find a like a, a similar guy that they can put into their offense that is like Tyree Kill, can make plays with the ball underneath and just absolutely cause fits for defensive coordinators. But um, yeah, so I think Hill, obviously Patrick Mahomes throwing to him helps out. And um, at the number four spot too, I mean, I think I get blessed here just by the way the draft went. I'm going to take D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously his first year last year in the desert was third in the year in receiving yards. Didn't really have the touchdown out, but only six touchdowns. But like to go from Deshaun Watson to Kyler Murray, D-Hop's got to be good for D-Hop after having a tough start to his career in Houston. But yeah, the drop-off didn't, like there was no drop-off in his numbers. Good for him, uh, and I'm um, curious what you guys think about my picks. Yeah, I mean, I I like both those picks. If I were, if I were in your position, I'd definitely take both those guys. Probably I'd take them in, uh, in reverse order. But, I, hey, it's, it's a snake draft. Luckily, order isn't, uh, isn't that big. But, yeah, I think, I think after Diggs and uh, Devontae off the board, I think those are the next two available. I think those are the next two best wide receivers left here. So yeah, I definitely like both those picks. Two two different guys. One one guy, really speedy guy, smaller and then D hop, go up and get it with the best of them. So yeah, two I think those are the two best receivers uh who were left on the board. Yeah, I also love that pick um of Tyree Kill especially because he, he goes undervalued by a lot of, of the casual fans, I'd say. A lot of people write him off as just a fast receiver, but he really, uh, like you said, like you uh, kind of talked about, he really reshaped the position. A lot of teams are trying to to get guys like Ruggs and, you know, even even John Ross. I feel like he was a little hyped up because of his speed, and people were trying to uh, make him out to be kind of like Tyree Kill. But one of the things they'll always say, like people always say, he's he's only fast. But I mean, that that's one of the most important parts of the position right there. And uh, teams will literally you know, design their whole defense just to make sure he doesn't beat them over the top. And he still beats them over the top. He's just that good. And then D-Hop, obviously, uh, he's just been one of the most consistent receivers in the league for, like, the past five, six years. And he's one of those – he's just all reliable. He, you know, he'll go the whole season, get, like, 150 targets, and he'll have, like, one drop. So, I mean, you hmm. can't go wrong with him. Yeah, listen, right before you pick, I'll just make a couple quick comments. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins last year had uh, 160, 160 targets. Like, the, guy, the guy's good for him, man. Six, like, 10 targets a game. He's, he's unbelievable. He's so yeah. reliable. And um, the one last thing I'll say about Tyree Kill, when you said, like, designing defenses, I remember that game against, like, the Raiders this year on Sunday Night Football. They literally played cover four the whole game and just played 10 yards off of him. And they, like, the Chiefs, like, barely won the game. But, like, their whole game plan was we will just not get beat deep. We will let every single pass under, like, eight yards go. And that's how some – like, some teams will literally have to play that way. And if you don't play that way and you try to man him up, look what he did to Carlton Davis. That was at week 12 against Tampa Bay in the first quarter. Went for 225 and was backflipping his way into the end zone. But at this yeah. point, four picks in. The, uh, we got our four top four off the board, so I don't think anybody crazy reached. I think the draft opens up a lot here. Maybe do interpretation. You could argue it a little bit, but – me personally, like my board right now, I think the next like five through ten, there could be a whole lot of scrambling. Eli, you're up, kid. All right. Um, my next pick may get a lot of um, there may be a lot of controversy on this one. Um, I'm gonna take Justin Jefferson with my next pick, and 
another one of my favorite um, receivers in the league last year. He really popped off. He's an extremely explosive receiver. One of the things I like seeing from him, too, is a great – he was a great route runner. Um, and he really he really ran those um, those concepts really well, like uh, toward the middle of the season, because he didn't produce a lot at the very beginning. He was still kind of getting into it. But one of the things the Vikings like to do is they, they kind of like to – to shoot Adam Thielen upfield, and um, people were paying attention to him at first, and then it would open it up for Justin Jeff, and he showed that he could he could really make things happen once he got the ball in his hands, and um, even when Adam Thielen was injured, he was still able to um, create some plays for himself, even when he was number one. So I think he's going to have a great career, and if I'm building a team right now, he's one of the guys I want in my receiver core because I think he'll be he'll be one of like, he'll be in the top five for like the next 10 years. He'll be one of those guys who will just dominate the league at the receiver position. And it's risky, obviously. He, he is young. He's still got a lot to learn. But I think the potential here is just too much to pass up on. And I'm passing up on one of my favorites too. Um, picking him, <laughs> but I, I love what I thought of him. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Justin Jefferson either. I think Justin Jefferson, definitely a... Potential is off the roof. I mean, he's just a combination of everything, route running, speed, everything. And he just brings so much energy to the game. So, yeah, I like at, at number uh, five, it might be a drop of a stretch right now. But if we're doing this in like two, maybe even next year, this probably is not a stretch. So I, I like the way you're thinking there, honestly. We're building for the future yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Eli loves that. Eli loves that Bills, um, that Bills Vikings trade. You know, the pick a little bit, but uh, like I said, I was going to spoil guys. But listen, I, I don't completely hate the pick, man. The guy really came on. I know he had like a couple of like the first three weeks were tough. And then after that, absolutely exploded. He's like uh, he like didn't have like a crazy number of receptions, but he was like top five in the league in um receiving yards. Goes to show you like what his uh, like, average like distance was on the whatchamacallit, like yards per catch. But uh, it was a pro bowler, too. Jefferson's a good ball player. Obviously, like you said, he got accumulated as the season went on, the jump from college to the NFL. But, yeah, good pick here. I like Justin Jefferson. I, I maybe don't give him enough credit as he deserves. But, yeah, one of the top young receivers in our game. Core, floor is yours. You got the sixth pick. Six and seven. So you can make, you can make both of them back-to-back here. Yeah, I think it's sixth. I mean, I think I'm going to go with the guy that we, we, we just talked about. I'm going to go with Julio Jones at number six. Yeah, injuries may have uh, prevented – this guy from uh, from putting up big time stats, but this guy Julio, when healthy, still still is top five receiver in in the game, in my opinion. I don't think I don't see as much of a doubt, but I think Julio Jones at at number five, getting him at number six, I think I think is a great pick here. I think he still could do do everything despite aging a little bit and injury. I think when he's healthy, he's still really good. And then at my uh, my seventh pick. This is a little bit of a tough one, but I'm going to go Allen Robinson from the Chicago Bears. I think this guy is an elite wide receiver. You, If you just look at how many throws Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky or whatever, whoever was quarterback, have missed on this guy. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of sad him and um, Mooney, Darnell Mooney. But I think Allen Robinson is an elite wide receiver in this league and hopefully uh he has justin fields throwing the ball this season at, at some point and he builds on what i think everyone knows Allen robinson's already a top wide receiver in this league but i think he could do so much more 
with a better quarterback, and hopefully Justin Fields is the answer for that. So, yeah, those are my two picks. All right, I'll go first here. And I want to start with Deion Robinson pick. Um, uh, these guys probably know Allen Robinson. Is, I, I was really hoping you, you would pass him up here. <laughs> um, one of the most underrated receivers in the league, I'd say, and I think people were starting to realize how good he was this past season because um, I think he had like over 12, 12 uh, 1,200 yards this past season. And with the QB situation he's had, um, it's, it's just amazing that, he, that he's able to keep up this production. Um, and even the, the talent over there is not great. And I hope um, with Justin Fields, he's able to, you know, we're, we're really able to see how, how great he could be because he, he could really go up there and get anything. He's one of those big receivers who you could just toss it up to and he'll make a grab. Um, makes a lot of highlight catches that don't get recognized that if some other big receiver made in the league um, would be all over ESPN. So I, I just hope he gets more recognition not this upcoming year because um, he's one of the best. He does, he's, does a really great job in his position. And then Julio, uh, you know, he's, he's getting up there in the age, but I still like the pick even with all the injuries and stuff. Um, people forget that he's, he still had a, a pretty productive season last year. I think had like almost 800 yards in just nine games. Mm-hmm. So um, he could still be extremely talented. Uh, I, I'd take Julio any day. I, one of those guys you could just throw it up to, he'll make a grab. So two great picks over there. Yeah, I, I like both of these picks. Obviously, we touched on Julio, so I'll focus more here on Allen Robinson. Hopefully, Allen Robinson this season uh, gets to see a lot of Justin Fields because, like you guys mentioned, uh, tough these past couple of years with him. Uh, with Mitch Trubisky there and obviously Nick Foles and uh, I don't know what Andy Dalton situation is but even Andy Dalton I would say is like maybe a little bit of an upgrade but he didn't play great last year but yeah Justin Fields hopefully can build with Allen Robinson uh just did sign the franchise tag though so who knows maybe he only has the one year with Justin Fields but year in a year out the guy produces with like no, no ample quarterbacks throwing to him so I like, I like Allen Robinson I think he definitely gets overlooked here Eli floor's yours all right, with this next pick, um, you know, it seems like every pick I'm going to make this draft is going to be a little bit of, you know, controversial one. But another receiver I really love to watch, um, extremely explosive, out of Seattle, DK Metcalf. This guy is an absolute um, physical specimen. And, you know, uh, he's one of those guys who just love watching play every Sunday. Um, had a crazy amount of yards last season, I think around like 1300 um and you know with his size and speed it's it's just it's just a mismatch issue for any corner i mean you could you could throw it up to him or you could you know we we saw him catching some screens or some shorter passes and breaking it off long there's really so much you could do with him and one one of the guys who whose draft stock got lowered a lot um because of the because of some of the combine drills you know three cone drill and people question his um, abilities to, to run routes. But, you know, we, we saw him running some more routes than just streaks out of the route tree. I mean, he, he could really break off a comeback route. He, uh, you know, we saw him running some deep digs. The, the only issue with him right now is, is his hands. And what, what I say with, with the drops, I mean, you can't, teach, you can't teach a guy to be 6'4 and jacked out of his mind or, you know, run a 4'4 or whatever he ran. But uh, you, you could work on the catching, I think. He's got all the, the tools to be one of the best receivers this league has ever seen. So if he could fix those drops, I think he, you know, 
just like kind of like Justin Jeff, he could be a, a staple in this league for a while as one of of one of the the best receivers uh, the league has to offer. And I, I can't wait to see him play in the future. Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, everybody in the NFL is a genetic freak, a physical specimen, and you got the best of the best with DK Metcalf. You mentioned his draft stock slide a little bit when he ran like those bad three cone drills. I don't love DK Metcalf's route tree necessarily, but again, that's just gonna come with time. And the guy's six four, like, and he's just a bla- like he's got a blaze, he's blazing speed, man. He's one of the best deep threats in our game. Arguably, you could say the best deep threat. So with a guy like Russell Wilson throwing him that ball deep, I mean. Match made in heaven, DK Metcalf, outstanding pick. Yeah, I think DK Metcalf. I mean, I've said on this on this podcast actually, I think I think DK Metcalf raced Tyreek Hill in a hundred yard hundred yard dash. I think Metcalf's taking that. I think he's just so explosive and like you said, can't teach a guy to be six four, jacked out of his mind and run a four three like that. So I think once Metcalf starts to like catch the ball more consistently than he already does. Before he thinks about like running over people and running by people, I think he's going to be even more special than he already is. So, yeah, I think I definitely like that pick with uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah, listen, and I also love to have a guy who's going to go chase down Buda Baker after my quarterback throws an interception on my roster. No doubt about that. That's still one of the craziest things I've ever seen on a football field. Right oh, yeah. up there with like, like right up there with like the Tyree catch is DK Metcalf catching up to Buda Baker there. That is unbelievable. But I got the next two picks. Um, surprised maybe that one of these guys is on here. I really don't want to pick him. But I guess my first pick, I'll give myself a little bit of time on my second pick. So we'll say my first pick and then we'll like uh, recap a little bit. I'll go Michael Thomas here. Uh, I was mentioning earlier, Michael Thomas would probably have been the number one pick if we did this last year. Uh, obviously he does lose Drew Brees, but I don't know how much of a downgrade that really is because Drew Brees at this last year really couldn't expand the ball deep. Obviously Michael Thomas does do a lot of his work less than 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. But I mean, in 2019, the guy had 149 receptions, 1700 yards. I mean, there's no denying his talent. Uh, you can call him slant boy all you want, but he catches a whole lot of them. Hopefully with Jameis Winston this year, that offense looks a little different. And he could uh, obviously he was banged up this year too, so hopefully he gets a lot of uh, is in better health. So yeah, I'll go Michael Thomas with my first one. All right. Yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas, uh, definitely a guy. Last year, going going to going to last year, probably been number one pick. Had a had a had a tough year this season. I think Slant Boy is a name that I, I even like to call the guy. But I mean, at the end of the day, like the guy was putting up like absurd numbers with drew Brees, and i think he still deserves respect even though it was one he had one year where he was kind of hurt and didn't have great numbers so yeah i think michael thomas was also a guy who like i i thought could have went pretty early but like personally i didn't want to pick him you probably felt the same way just because like how he was last year but yeah i mean at this late in uh in this like mock draft amongst receivers i think michael thomas some great value uh scooping him there yeah, Michael Thomas definitely, um, definitely a steal for Payer right now. Um, yeah, and, and like they call him Slant Boy. But w- one of the things about uh, you know the the haters on that is um, that's what you want really. He's he's extremely efficient, and you know the the point of being a great receiver, you, you want to do it um, you know with the least amount of effort as possible, I guess. You know the, the easiest way possible, and and he's really he's really good at that, making it as simple as possible, and you know, you, you could call him slant all you want, but if it works, I mean, you, you got to be able to guard it at some point. And no one has really showed that they can. So 
I mean, if he's able to keep it up, if no one can figure it out, uh, great pick. I, I hope he's I hope he's able to continue to produce. And that was one of the things that scared me a little bit. You know, he, he had a rough season last year. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, punch anyone in the face this upcoming season. <laughs> and we'll be good to go with him. I, I think I think he still has a few more great years in him. Yeah, listen, you can't guard Mike um, unless you're C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who will not be on my roster, so I don't have to worry about him punching him in practice. You're right about that. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing, obviously, like I said, adjusting to new life post-Drew Brees. But I'll stay in the NFC South for this next pick. We kind of we didn't really mention him when we talked the Julio Jones trade, but I guess one of the reasons why the Falcons were so okay with trading Julio Jones is because this guy, Calvin Ridley, is stepping in to that number one receiver role and kind of showed it last year. Uh, former first-rounder from Alabama, part of that crazy stack 2017 Bama team. Uh, really broke out last year. Uh, he had like, uh, what do you have, like 1,200, 1,300 yards, over 1,300, almost 1,400 yards last year, excuse me. Um, only played 15 games, too. Like I said, another guy for run routes, like, like with the best of them and a deep ball threat for Matt Ryan. And this year, too, uh, maybe I'm tipping my hand a little bit. Obviously, in fantasy, I think he's going to be – he should be drafted very, very high because Atlanta, again, another team that's got a bad defense. So I think he's going to put up huge numbers this year, I'm honestly. And he's going to get paid soon because he's a rookie. I think he's in line for a huge deal because I think his numbers this year are going to be a little inflated because of how, like, bad Atlanta is going to be on defense and, like, how much – like, uh, honestly, like, how much uh, volume he's going to get. Yeah, I mean, Calvin Ridley – and, like, if you look at games where, where Julio Jones did not play last year, I mean, Calvin Ridley was putting up legit, legit wide receivers. Uh, legit, what am I saying? Legit wide receiver one stats. And, hey, it's just the Bama. Bama is wide receiver you. So, I mean, they're just going to – they produce wideouts, and that's exactly what they did with Calvin Ridley. And I think Ridley is going to step up this year and uh, emerge as, a, as like, a top – top receiver in this league and definitely be a guy in, in fantasy drafts that people are going to are gonna want to draft pretty early. Yeah, guys who got him in fantasy this year definitely definitely got blessed. Um, re- really showed he could be that number one receiver. And uh, he's one of those guys, like, I, di- I didn't know much about him going in, but he's he's really he's a really talented route runner. And, you know, you really you can't guard him one-on-one. And he, he has all the – the characteristics of a great number one. And I think um, with Atlanta, he'll continue to have that success, especially now that, you know, he's, he's the only guy there. So um, I'm really excited to see what he could do this upcoming season. Yeah. Another one of these Alabama receivers who's about to dominate the league. He's like the first, if you ask me of many, if it's him, obviously, then you got Judy rugs, hopefully Smith Waddle. It's unbelievable. Mechie next year, but Eli, Floor's yours. You got the um, what are we on? Pick number eleven here. Try to we'll try to pick up the pace a little bit here. But yeah, Eli, make your selection. Yeah. Um. So this is a tough pick for me. Uh, a lot of guys off the board now, but one guy I'm really excited to see play next year is Will Fuller. Um, he had a great season last year, and another guy who showed he could be um a number one now that D Hop was gone. Extremely fast, uh, extremely talented, and you know he 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 had so much success early on in the season, and I hope um he could do it next year. With, uh, there's a lot of risks that come with him. Obviously, he has been injury prone, um, and you know Deshaun Watson does not like the situation going on there. But um, I, I love watching him play, 
and you know he put up a ton of yards in a short amount of time last year. So I hope it would work out for him. Yeah, I mean, I I think Will Fuller is a good wide receiver, but I think at number eleven might be a tad of a stretch. I think there's guys that could have went above him, but I mean, Will Fuller did show out this year before the guy got suspended for his like PED situation. But yeah, he definitely showed out on the Houston Texans. Emerged as uh, Deshaun Watson's top top threat, and yeah, I, like I said, I think maybe a little bit of a stretch, but Will Fuller definitely showed out, and I expect him to uh, be one of Tua's main targets in uh, in Miami. Yeah, I mean that pick definitely knocked me off my feet a little bit. I didn't think I thought like Fuller. I thought was definitely going to. I thought he honestly get drafted. I thought maybe he'd have to squeeze in to get drafted. But Eli, he's taking his chance that Fuller can replicate his first. What was it? It was first eleven games last year. Listen, I'm in fantasy last year. It's yeah. unbelievable. His first eleven games with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, now you're going to Tua. But Tua takes a step in the right direction with Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Wolf Fuller there, too. I mean, the talent's always been there with Wolf Fuller. If you ask me, there's just too many question marks around him now. You have the PEDs. You had all the injuries. But if you get Wolf Fuller's A game, uh, I really don't think that's that crazy of a pick. And I don't think enough people will give that, like, enough thought of that. Like, when when he plays, I mean, he's good. He's real good. And uh, hopefully he does this year because that means Tua's taking a step in the right direction. I'm always high on Tua. But, Corey, you got back-to-back. Take him away. See, I'm going to go with a guy who constantly goes under the radar. He has dealt with injury problems in his career. Uh, I think, yeah, this is 12th pick. I'm going to go with my guy down in, in L.A. on the West Coast and Keenan Allen, especially with the rising star and Justin Herbert, who can make any throw on the field. I mean, Keenan Allen is the guy on that team that, like, he, he could – he's a deep threat. He could do anything. He, he's got great hands. I think he always goes under the radar, and I'm not going to let him go that far under the radar. So with the 12th pick, I'm going to snag Keenan Allen. And then with the 13th pick, I'm honestly between two guys, but this guy was on my fantasy team last year. And before Dak Prescott goes down, this guy this guy was putting up numbers, and he still he never the guy never complains about anything. He was having guys like Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert throw terrible balls to him. But, you know, this guy doesn't complain. He just goes out there. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. I'm going Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, also out of Alabama, wide receiver university. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Keenan Allen and uh, Amari Cooper with the 12th and uh, 13th pick. Pay, you want to go first on this? Or? Yeah, I'll go first, man. Keenan Allen, absolute dog. I think that was a great pick. That was the uh, best guy I had rated left on my board. Uh, Justin Herbert coming back, like Justin Herbert, excuse me, like entering as a starting quarterback this year, like after in that week two freak, definitely helped his production. And yeah, another guy who sees in crazy amount of targets, uh, does have a couple injuries, like a little, a little bit of a bad injury history, but week in and week out, one of the most dependable guys. You took Cooper, you said, I, I don't know, man. I don't love Cooper, man. I know you're a lot higher on Amari Cooper than a lot of people, but, uh, he's, he's listen, there's no denying how great of a route runner he is. I know. If Dak Prescott probably stays healthy last year for the whole season, I'm looking at this pick a lot differently. But um, I don't I don't think it's that crazy of a pick, honestly, Amari Cooper. I think these are I think Keenan Allen's definitely a great pick there. I think Cooper's fair value. I'll give you on that though. Yeah. Um. Unlike Payo, I I actually um I'm really high on Cooper coming into this season. Um. With the Cowboys, I I think uh Dak Prescott coming back is gonna be huge. And I think he's going to put up a lot of great numbers because 
that offense just has so many weapons. We're just we're just waiting for them all to be healthy and just w- waiting for them to click because when all those weapons are there, he does really get a lot of one-on-one situations. And like Peo said, um, one of the best route runners I've seen in the league. And, yeah, I, I think he has a lot of great potential going forward. Keenan Allen as well, one of those great route runners. Um, love to watch. I always say if you want to learn how to be a great receiver, watch Keenan Allen. And with Justin Herbert now, um, you know, he, he's another emerging young QB. I, I think he's only going to continue to, to see success. Uh, that brings it to Eli. Eli, floor is yours still. Sir. All right. Um, all right, with my next pick, tough one again. A lot of receivers off the board. But I think I'll stick with A.J. Brown here. Um, going with uh, being with Julio Jones now, like we talked about in that situation with so many weapons, I, I think it only opens up a lot of opportunity for him. And I, I think he's going to continue to see a lot of the su- success he had last season. Um, I know people might fear that with Julio Jones coming back, he's he's going to lose some targets. But um, I, I could see him getting getting the bulk of those targets, especially since you know Julio has dealt with a lot of injuries lately. And um, we see him take that load management approach too. Uh, like he's going, he's questionable into every week. Um, I think A.J. Brown is going to be that guy that's always there. And, uh, you know, with Ryan Tannehill throwing him, I, I, th- I think he could be uh, be able to replicate the success he had last season. Eli, this is a big-time redemption pick. Man, this, this is a great pick. I actually misspoke before. I actually put A.J. Brown one spot ahead of Keenan Allen. Uh, I think A.J. Brown, these first two years in the NFL, has really broken out and showed people that he could be a top-tier receiver in this league. I know last year, obviously, put a uh, – I mean, he only really played like what he played like like uh, he missed like what three games last year. I want to say he missed a couple games last year, but when he's when he's out there, he's a beast. He's a tough physical receiver too. Uh, yeah, I love the pick in AJ Brown, and like I said, I think there's a big time bounce back pick, Eli. It's, it's gonna help you. It's gonna help you. Yeah, I mean, Eli clearly on the the Ole Miss wide receiver bandwagon, having <laughs> Metcalf and AJ Brown. And yeah, I mean, I was between two guys with that uh, with that thirteenth pick. Or, yeah, 13th pick and Amari Cooper and A.J. Brown. And I chose Amari Cooper, but, I mean, A.J. Brown, I think if you ask 10 people, I think probably six or seven people are taking A.J. Brown, maybe even more. But I, I just picked Amari because, like, I like the guy. But, yeah, A.J. Brown, definitely a great pick here at uh, number 14. I think A.J. Brown, a rising star. And with Julio Jones, I think it's not – I think it's only going to make him better because I think he's going to see a, a legend like Julio Jones work. At his craft day in, day out, I think it's going to help him grow his game to the next level. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I have the – this is going to be the 15th pick of the draft, and I'm going to take the highest receiver that I have left on my rankings. I'm going to take a guy by the name of Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State, a guy who last year played 15 games, had over 1,100 receiving yards. And You talk about quarterback messes. Uh, he had Kyle Allen. He had Dwayne Haskins for a little bit. He had Kyle Allen. Then he went to Alex Smith, and Alex Smith is okay, man, but he is the biggest game manager out there. I mean, he'll be playing this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who's an absolute risk taker, and I'm going to absolutely love to see his production, Terry McLaurin. I know he plays in the NFC East, so I'm a little nervous about that with the Giants, but I think he's going to blossom into one of the top receivers in the NFL, like another guy who runs very crisp routes and He's produced without quarterback, so you finally give him an, a quarterback who, honestly, you could probably argue Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point isn't even league average, but 
he'll, he'll get some, he'll put up some numbers. He'll let Terry McLaurin at least put up some numbers. And at pick number 16, uh, I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I'm going to go with DJ Moore here. I think maybe I take him over two guys in the NFC South who are a little bit more deserving, but DJ Moore is another guy who's went so under the radar these past two years, man. I mean, last year he he's, he's finished almost top. He was nine in 2019 in receiving yards, 11th this past year. I mean, he just doesn't get talked about enough. Another guy who's playing with a guy in Teddy Bridgewater who's not like the best quarterback on now. You could argue that Sam Darnold's not too much of an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't know. I'm high on the Sam Darnold train. So I guess I'm like my thought process with these last three picks and Ridley McLaurin and now more is these guys have like produced are like maybe justifiable justifiable at these spots. But I think when you look back at this eight weeks into the season, you're going to be like, oh, wow, these guys really blossomed and uh, took that big step forward, especially with other guys coming in like Fitzpatrick for McLaurin and now Sam Darnold for uh, um, DJ Moore. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, yeah, the two two extremely underrated receivers you pick right here. I, I love DJ Moore also. Um, yeah, one of those guys doesn't get enough credit. Terry McLaurin as well, and and both going into to better situations than last year. Um, this year, I, th- I think they'll continue to produce. Yeah, I mean, I think Terry McLaurin. You talk about a guy that has had some uh some poor quarterback play. It's kind of uh, Terry McLaurin. He might make. Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a um, like an all pro out like a like a pro bowler out there and yeah DJ Moore another guy who quietly has been putting up like really good stats since he's gotten the league he's always getting over a thousand yards I know that I don't know his uh, stats this year off the top of my head but I know they were they were pretty good maybe doesn't always um, find the end zone that much but I think like receptions yards everything else I think DJ Moore out of the University of Maryland I think. At this late in the draft, I think it's a it's a pretty good pick. Hey, listen, universe, another University of Maryland product, former first round pick too. In that, I believe that was 2018. Yeah, 2018 he got drafted. So I'm building that 2018 draft roster with Ridley and uh, DJ Moore. Actually, no, yeah, DJ, no, DJ Moore's. Yeah, it was 2018. Eli, <laughs> the yours. All right, I'm, I'm I'm I was really in between uh, two guys with this next pick, but. Um, I'm going to pass on the riskier choice. Well, I guess they're both kind of risky. But um, I'm going with Mike Evans here. Uh, I, th- I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he, he produces year in and year out. And, and um, because of the, the type of receiver he is, uh, not many people understand how valuable he is to his team. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of like less than five-yard touchdowns, but he's, he's extremely reliable and um, – with the with the stack team he's on, he's he's gonna continue to put up those numbers. Tom Brady throwing him, and he's just such a mismatch issue in the goal line. He he's always scoring touchdowns, and there's there's really nothing you could do. It's one of those things you you can't you can't prepare for him really because um, he he goes up and gets the ball over over your defender, and there's really no uh, defensive scheme you could draw up to stop him, and, and that's why. He's able to continue to produce um, and be so reliable over the years is because there, there's nothing you can really do about his size and strength when it when it comes to getting into the into the red zone and he he puts off so so many touchdowns and yeah that's that's my next pick for for the draft yeah this guy Mike Evans I mean he's been in the league 
seven years, and this guy's never put up under a thousand yards, which is honestly pretty pretty incredible. And yeah, Mike Evans, a guy I think falling this late, kind of disrespectful, kind of disrespectful. I think Mike Evans is a is a baller, six five, two thirty. He can go up and get any ball. He's on a pretty stacked team, so I mean he's not going to be getting as many yards as a guy like a Devontae Adams, the probably the best receiver in the league right now. He just gets fed with targets. I mean Mike Evans has other other weapons around him, and so I think pure wide receiver Mike Evans at this at this late in the draft is some great value, honestly. The he, I think Mike Evans could probably be a Hall of Famer one day. So I love this pick. Yeah, I think I foreshadowed this a little bit, but I think I might have missed one. I think I might look back and be like, I wish I had Mike Evans because from I think if you put Mike Evans in a lot of different situations, his numbers are a lot better. But obviously in Tampa Bay, with how good their defense is too, obviously has to split the touches with a lot of other guys. Maybe his numbers aren't as good as a DJ Moore, but yeah, Mike Evans, great pick here, Eli. Back to back picks here that uh. I think we'll, uh, I think they're going to uh, play well with the voters. They're going to play well with the voters. Core, you got back-to-back. Yeah, next pick, I'm going to go with um, my, a, a guy in the Minnesota Vikings. A great story out of a Division II college. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. I mean, this guy, this guy Thielen this year, man. He he might have to take second uh, the role of, of a wide receiver, too, on this team just to, just to how dynamic – Justin Jefferson is, but I mean, there's one place he's not taking wide receiver two status. It's, it's in the red zone. This guy, I think he had what 16 or I think he had oh he had like 14 touchdowns this season. He didn't even break a thousand yards, but I mean, Thielen still he's just a guy like he just plays wide receiver the right way. He's a great route runner too. He's got great hands. He might not be as athletic of a freak as like a DK Metcalf, but I mean. I still love Adam Thielen. I always love to draft a guy in fantasy, and he's just uh, one of my he's, – he's probably one of my favorite receivers in the league. And then with my next pick, I think this is the, the 18th pick. Is that it? 18th pick. I mean, if you tell uh, me like, – uh, 19. 19. 19, yeah. Uh, yeah, 19. If you're telling me like four years ago that this guy is the 19th best Damn wide receiver. man. No. This guy knows who I'm taking. Odell Beckham Jr., man. Like, this guy was arguably like a top three wide receiver a few years ago. He goes to the Cleveland Browns, kind of has a little bit of a rough year one with Cleveland, just over 1,000 yards, tears his ACL last year. But, I mean, this guy, I think he's going to come back with some vengeance. The talent, we all know, is obviously there. I know you two pretty big Giants fans. I know uh, this guy made some solid memories in the, in the, in the blue and white. But yeah, I think at, at 19, like Odell Beckham Jr., I think I got I got to snag this guy. So yeah, those are those are gonna be my two picks. Yeah, Odell, um, definitely one of my favorite receivers in the league. Uh, I I think I think he's really gonna show out this year. I mean, re- recovering from a torn ACL is always tough, but we we've seen other players do it, and you know, he's extremely explosive. He's He's got the talent. We've seen it before. He's, he's got an amazing pair of hands and great route runner, great speed. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see the best from him, I think. I think that was a, that was a good pick. <clears throat> and yeah, listen, Thielen. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off there. But, yeah, Thielen, listen, Thielen's a good pick. I think we'd all agree on that. But I think he really got me. He really got us with Odell Beckham Jr. Now, he might have got us because I think it was a great pick there. Odell was definitely going to be my next pick. 
I definitely should have just taken him. I thought I could have waited for him and gotten him. Uh, one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. I definitely think he's within the top five. Um, it hasn't really worked out for him in Cleveland. But again, Baker Mayfield has only gotten better since he's gotten hurt. Uh, people can say, oh, Baker might play better with without Odell Beckham Jr. I think that's blasphemy. I think just like let Odell try to like ease into a role this year and let the offense come to him. Don't force it to Odell. Let it come to him. And when that happens, I mean, the guy will show you why he's one of the most unguardable receivers. Some of my some of my best football memories will be watching Odell Beckham play in a Giants uniform because of how great he was. But it's a tough one to miss out on. Definitely. Eli, you got your second to last pick here. Um, who are we going with? All right, now we're getting into the later rounds where it gets really tough to make these decisions here. But one of the guys I'm really going to look forward to seeing play next year is Robbie Anderson. Um, similar to DJ Moore in the same situation with Sam Darnold coming in, except he's just such a big deep ball threat. Uh, another guy um, who really uh, improved uh, last year to the prior season and, yeah, he could beat guys down few with speed, extremely explosive, and um, I'm excited to see what he could do with, with Sam Darnold, that QB, and, you know, with this, with this kind of new offense uh, at Carolina. Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson's a decent pick here, I think, especially if he takes that leap that, leap that he did from 2019 to 2020. Getting Sam Darnold back, obviously they do have a little bit of a connection um, from their New York days, but, yeah, definitely Joe Brady helped him out in Carolina. And uh, yeah, I, he had a great, he had over a thousand yards. I think the touchdowns, I, I only, he didn't have a ton of touchdowns. I can't remember exactly how many, but um, yeah, no, like I said, another step forward this year and Robbie Anderson would really cement himself as a solid receiver in this league and definitely, um, definitely gaining traction. You know what I mean? I mean, I used to be, he's just too worried about what the bears doing in the stands. That'll never get old. That clip <laughs> will never get old, but uh, Cora, what about your former jet? What were we thinking? Yeah. I mean, Robbie Anderson, I mean, that was a guy, I, I I love the guy in uh, with the Jets, and yeah, he goes to Carolina and he balls out, has over a thousand yards, I think. So yeah, I mean, he really didn't have that many touchdowns. I think he had like three, but he he was getting those catches and those yards. Gets to link up with uh, with Sam Donald again, so I think Robbie Anderson continues his path to success in Carolina, and maybe uh maybe get to know Sir Per a little bit better. Instead of not even know who the guy is. So, yeah, I like the pick. Oh, sir, per. But, uh, yeah, even with, with, no, with no Curtis Samuel there, too, some targets are opening up. But I got my last two picks here. Um, I'm going to take some heat. I'm, I'm going to look back and definitely regret passing this guy up. Uh, there's another guy who I wanted to show a little love to, but I'll show him love and honorable mentions. Uh, I lost out on one of my emotional picks in Odell Beckham Jr., the guy who I have some ties to, so I'm not missing out on this guy again. My first pick is taking the New York Giants' big free agent acquisition in Kenny Galladay. Just signed a four-year, $72 million deal. I mean, this is a guy in 2019 who was a pro bowler, led the league with 11 touchdowns. Um, when he's healthy, he's one of the best deep threats in football. He's a go-up, get-a-receiver, a true number one that hopefully with Daniel Jones can take a big step forward. He was good with Matt Stafford, um, did deal with a couple uh, – like with his injury, so quarterback um, differences in that year. But uh, um, moving on to my last pick, my 
I'm going to pass up another guy, who, like I said, who I love, man. But I'm going to take Tyler Lockett here, another guy who I think flies under the radar, just got a big contract extension this past offseason. And again, another guy who kind of plays second fiddle to DK Metcalf, but I don't think deservingly so because of how good his numbers are year in and year out. Another guy who had over 1,000 yards this past year, 10 touchdowns. He's a perfect deep player receiver. Uh, he entered the league out of Ken, uh, Kansas State, excuse me. And really, they were like, oh, he's maybe a speed guy, maybe good on special teams, but he's developed into something special. Big fan of Tyler Lockett. And um, yes, yeah, so that rounds out my team, and I'm pretty happy with how it looks. Hey, Amen. I mean, Kenny Galladay, you, you, you knew you had to throw in a New York Giant on that board. And I mean, you pet, you, you couldn't get Odell Beckham, so you settled for the next thing. And, and, and Kenny Galladay, a guy who, who's been riddled by injuries. In, in the recent years a little bit, but I mean, he, he's a pretty big wide receiver at six foot four and go up and get a nice jump ball. So, I mean, your New York Giants has got him. You got to show some confidence in the guy. So, I mean, I really can't blame you for that pick. And then Tyler Lockett, I think was a guy I kind of wanted to get with my last pick. He definitely has gone onto the radar in the NFL and in this draft. I think, uh, DK and Lockett, it might not even be a one, two punch. I mean, it, you could argue it's just a 1A, 1B. Like, they don't even have a 1-2. Like, they're both just really good wide receivers. So, I think with your last pick in the draft, I think Tyler Lockett, I don't think you could have picked a better guy, honestly, to uh, to take at this point. Yeah, Tyler Lockett, definitely the sleeper of this draft. I mean, he, he just he just straight up puts up no, puts up numbers. And uh, I, don't, I don't think uh, people realize that. Especially since of all the attention DK gets as a wide receiver over there, and then you know Kenny Galladay, man. Um, you know I was hoping to pick him uh, at this pick right here. I, I think I think there is some risk with him too, um, the injuries and stuff. And you know we have to see how Danny Dimes plays next season. But my Giants, um, I'm excited to see him ball out and see what what their new weapon can do. Well, and since I, you won't be picking Kenny Galladay, Eli. Who are we taking? Yep, yeah. Um, I believe I'm gonna have to settle here for um another one of my personal favorite receivers. Um, this this relates a lot to uh, a big trade that was made early in the off season with um Matt Stafford, and um I'm gonna take Cooper Cup here. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> hey, a when, lot of people. When you said your favorite guy, I'm sorry to cut you off. But when you said your favorite guy, I looked at my list. I was like. One of your friends, I was like, oh, it's got to be Cooper Cup, man. It's got to be. Yeah, one of those guys. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of fans who don't watch um or who don't really understand a lot of football don't don't really recognize. But uh, he he really is um very talented route runner and you know does does a great job of of winning one on one matchups and he's also got like he's got a really good breakaway speed. Um, I'm excited to see him catch some deep balls from Stafford and, you know, just, just see what he could do, um, you know, with, with, a with a quarterback improvement over there and, um, with the Rams. Yeah. I mean, Cooper cup, another guy, very under the radar, him and Hey, we'll see if I'll take him next. We'll have to see him and Robert Woods to, um, a very underrated wide receiver duo in this league. They're going to have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. Now I think Cooper cup. Out of uh, what is it, Eastern Washington? I mean, he's Eastern Washington. Yep, balled out in uh, his first few years in the league. He he just has gains. I remember like I was playing pay on fantasy last year, and like I needed 
need this guy Cooper Cup to, to not get anything. He broke out for like a like a twelve catch, like a hundred plus yard game. So I mean, yeah, he he's capable of games like that. And uh definitely a guy who's going under the radar in this league. So I like that pick as well. Yeah, big Cooper Cup guy. I think I've had him in fantasy. I had him in fantasy this past year. Just again, another guy you can always rely on, especially in the slot, be consistent. And uh did have a good good connection with Jared Goff, but I think with Matt Stafford it's gonna get even better. Core. Wrap us up here, and I think uh, there's a couple of good guys back here. But I mean, for a couple of these guys to go undrafted, you ask me, I think it'd be uh, be pretty crazy. But we'll, we'll get to them in the honorable mentions. It's kind of tough. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good guys. I don't really want to leave some of these guys undrafted. But I think this guy, I think he's earned a right to be drafted ahead of other guys. I'm gonna give honorable mention to guys like Corton Sutton. Maybe even a guy like Tyler Boyd, guys like that. But I'm gonna take Chris Godwin from the from the Buccaneers. I just think with the last pick amongst um, 24 picks or whatever, yeah, 24 picks. I think Chris Godwin. I mean, he had 30, over 1,300 yards in like 2019, 2020. This year had a lot, had some um, injuries he dealt with. I just think played a little bit of the slot. He pl- I mean, yeah, he plays play slot a decent amount. I think he he's also a guy who's in um he's in a pretty crowded wide receiver core with him Evans Antonio Brown Scotty Miller just a lot of weapons there I think Godwin at times you probably could say he was number one receiver on that team so the last pick in this draft we'll wrap it up with Chris Godwin. Listen, I'm happy you took Chris Godwin. I'm actually very happy you took Chris Godwin because if he would have went undrafted. That would, have, that would have been a tough look if you ask me. I remember I was talking about my DJ Moore spot. Um, I, th- I was definitely debating. It was between DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Then I got back with Tyler Lockett. I was also debating Lockett and Godwin. I gave the edge to Lockett just because I like Chris Godwin predominantly plays the slot. So not, not a knock on the guy. I mean, I think he's a great receiver as well. Obviously, he had that big year two years ago with Jameis. This past year with Tom Brady became more of like the tradi- – like more of like your uh, – not as much of a deep threat. Really, Mike Evans took that role. But, yeah, Chris Godwin's definitely one of the top 24 receivers in the NFL. No question about it. So, happy to see him draft. I think this is a great pick. Honestly, one of the best value picks in the draft, if you ask me, if we're rating picks. Yeah, I definitely agree with Peo there. Um, uh, we kind of we, we kind of uh, slept on him a little bit in this draft. Um, but, yeah, gr- great pick over there with Corey. He's, he's definitely uh, going to continue to produce next season. Yeah, real quick. Uh, that concludes our draft. Uh, if you want to check out our draft, you can check it out on our Instagram at the deep ball underscore. I'll have Corey post some stuff about it, like in our rosters, probably in the next uh, day or two after this episode is up. But uh, Corey kind of mentioned a couple honorable mentions. I want to give a quick shout to somebody. Uh, Corey did mention Cortland Sutton, who was a guy who I really wanted to take coming off an ACL injury um, with Teddy Bridgewater there. People don't remember how, like he was a pro bowl in 2019. Definitely like the lost 2020 season hurt him a little bit, but hopefully he's back. Another guy, not in top 24, but I think is getting there. I'll get so slept on. Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, what Kyle Shanahan could do with him and how versatile he is, I think he's got a chance to make a lot of noise. And then obviously the rookies, I think, play right around this. Um, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, another young receiver, and Jerry Judy, those guys. Obviously, I think we do this thing next year. We see a lot of these guys jumping into this draft because those guys have uh, immense potential. But uh, any other honorable mentions? I guess we'll go with Eli first. Do you have any honorable mentions you really want to mention? Who you're upset that you weren't able to pick? Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, Corey kind of mentioned this guy earlier. Um, 
Wait, did you draft Robert Woods, Corey? Or? I just said yeah. I was maybe going to draft yeah, him. Yeah, you, you were talking about Robert Woods earlier, and uh, he's a guy that goes under the radar. I, I have a few here. Um, Corey Davis, um, liked watching him play last season. He really put up some great numbers, and I, I think I think he's going to have a great re- uh, career as a young as a young receiver in the league. And um, another guy uh, I love I love watching, and I've, I've loved seeing him for years, that I, I feel just never gets the credit. Brandon Cooks, this guy puts up a thousand yards every year. He's just never in the conversation. I mean, yeah. um, he's probably going to do it again next year somehow. No one's going to have any clue that he put up a thousand yards. And uh, yeah, I think those are all of my guys. I think I had one more. Um, Cooks is a good one, man. Cooks, yeah. I like. Cooks is really slept on, man. And exactly, like you said like. This year, he's probably not going to have Deshaun Watson. Who knows, he's going to be playing quarterback. But I bet he's going to have a productive year in uh, Houston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's always he's always able to to do it. Um, yeah, and those are all my guys, I think. Oh, one more guy, Jarvis Landry. I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a down down season, but I, I think he's he could bounce back uh, next year a little bit more, maybe, maybe get closer to 1,000 yards. Uh, he's another one of those really talented guys who gets underappreciated at times. Yeah, he needs his boy Aldell Beckham Jr. back. Core, we'll close it up with you. Anybody who knows me, I even got the uh, guy's college jersey. I mean, I'm a pretty big Juju Smith-Schuster fan, but, I mean, he just didn't – since he, since he threw up 1,400 yards, I mean, he just hasn't proven to me that, that he was eligible for this top 24 draft. But I think he had 97 catches. I think his role in the offense wasn't, was, wasn't what it was during that year with A.B. So I'll give him honorable mention. I'll give another guy, Devontae Parker on the Miami Dolphins. I'll give him uh, an honorable mention. I think next year, if, we, if we're going to look at this, I think a guy who's going to make this list, I don't think this guy Payo likes him for some reason, but I, I think CeeDee Lamb is a guy who um, he'll, he'll break out. I mean, he also is a guy with Amari Cooper, an explosive offense. He lost his quarterback, and that offense became pretty bad. But before that, um, CeeDee Lamb was putting up some, some really good stats. So, yeah, those are three guys who uh, – I'll give honorable mention to. Yeah, listen, definitely C.D. Lamb. I could have definitely linked in with those young receivers, but I just didn't. But yeah, he listen, he puts up numbers. He's a good he's a good ball player. I knew you were gonna go with Juju Smith Schuster, but uh, <laughs> two more guys who quickly, real quick, before I wrap this up because we can go on forever. Obviously, with all these teams playing through receivers, so many good receivers in this league. D.J. Chark, another guy, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. puts up numbers. Former LSU product, Devontae Parker. I was surprised Eli didn't give a Devontae Parker shout-out. Yeah, I just fan. gave Devontae Parker a shout-out. Yeah. Oh, I completely missed it, honestly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Way over my head. <laughs> nice nice one from me. But uh, I, got, I got blindsided by um the, the, Juju, the Juju Smith-Schuster in the jersey. You got me. I, I, I tuned you out, Cor. You're trying to tell me about Juju. But uh, my last guy I'll give a shout-out to is Kadarius Tony because I'm the biggest homer on this podcast. And everybody who listens to this knows that so Kadarius Tony's about to make some noise. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Eli, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes to record. I love the idea of, like, just kind of the draft setting. And uh, what's it while You're drafting anything. I feel like it's almost better. So uh, hope to have you on in the future. And uh, anything you guys want to leave off on? Yeah, we'll, we'll start with Eli first. Anything you want to leave off with? Um, yeah, love, love being on the podcast. One more thing I want to add that we, um, that I wanted to add one more, uh, sleeper, um, uh, LaVisca Chenault, one of my favorite seasons <laughs> in the league, and I, I think he'll pop off, uh, next season. But yeah, great, great, being, so, here. great being here. Always, always. And Core, 
I know you love your Lavisca Chenault, but what else, what else you want to leave off with? Yeah, I mean, Chenault, the guy spent some quality time on my fantasy team last year. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just, I like talking wide receivers, even though I'm a, I'm a kicker. But, like, if there was a position I'd want to play, it'd be wide receiver. I just, like, talk wide receivers. Yeah, like you said, it was probably one of my um, – probably one of the funnest episodes discussing that. And, yeah, she'll be back with some more rankings on uh, – other positions probably starting with the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Yeah, we got quarterbacks coming on our next episode. Probably be up next Monday. You'll probably listen to this on Friday the Friday the 11th, maybe? Friday the 12th? Friday the 11th, I believe it is. But uh, that's that's irrelevant. But uh, check out our Instagram, like I said, to uh, see our drafts again. But uh, take care, everybody. Have a good one.